Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Marianne Rose. You are about to embark on a relevant and timely journey of thought with registered psychologist, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Thank you for tuning in and expect to be enlightened right now. Hey there. Hi, Cyrus. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to get going on episode three. This is fun. Yes, this is. I'm so thankful that we get to share important information with people and everything that's on your heart. We have some great conversations to give insight. And so what is it today? Well, today I wanted to talk about awe and the experience of awe. So that's A-W-E, you know, the feeling that you are in something grand, in something majestic potentially and it's an amazing feeling and how do we get that feeling when does it happen those kinds of things there there's just something really interesting to talk about well when i think about awe i think about every time i look up in the sky Mm. when things are very simple and peaceful there's all kinds of different ways to experience awe Mm -hmm. would you say it's like a physical experience primarily what goes on you know it's interesting question to think about what's actually going on i'm not i'm not actually sure exactly what parts of the brain are being activated in that moment but i do know that there's two primary ways that have been identified to create awe and the first is the one that you're talking about which is the feeling of vastness it's an interesting dynamic because good things happen when we feel good about ourselves or when we feel big in the world like self-esteem, feeling like you're important or valuable, but this actually happens when you feel small. So if you feel small and maybe even insignificant, it can create a feeling of vastness around you, very much like when you were talking about looking up at the night sky. And that feeling of being small can create this feeling of awe. And so it's an ironic, paradoxical feeling of like, if you feel small, you'll feel something bigger than yourself around you. So why is that valuable? What can we learn and why would we want to be in awe? Well, I think the first reason that I would say just personally is that it feels good. But there are some benefits to actually feel this feeling and one is to feel more connected. People who experience awe have improved critical thinking. People have an increase in positive mood. They have a decrease in being materialistic. So I think it kind of shifts your values. It's not so much about what's happening right now. Who cares about what kind of car I drive? Look at that night sky. I'm not the biggest thing in this world. My problems aren't the biggest problems. There is a big universe out there and that can be kind of, I think, a corrective emotional experience for people where we get caught up maybe in things that are insignificant. And so it helps to correct that and help us to realize kind of what's really going on and how big the universe really is. I think it's really important that we do receive correction Mm. and we are able to be teachable. Mm. Why would we need to be corrected though from (laughs) (laughs) feeling too big if it's Mm. better to feel small? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I think when we feel too big, all of a sudden our problems can feel kind of overwhelming. We can become overwhelmed with our own significance if we perceive ourselves that way and I think we could say that you know potentially we're designed to function better when we function in a more of an honest way which is that we're not that big so I think when we come into a more honest view of ourselves where you know there's billions of people on a planet that has billions of other planets and billions of other stars and you just kind of get that corrective experience of this is what's honestly happening right now. There's lots of other people, lots of other problems. And when we live in that honest fashion, it seems to help us emotionally. And I think that's just really cool. 
I'm thinking about the opposite of the honest mm. is to be dishonest mm. then is to make yourself bigger than everything else around you. Mm. It's interesting because it kind of ties in with the second way that people experience awe. The second way that people experience awe is what they call a need for accommodation, which I don't think explains it very well or it's, it's hard to kind of figure it out just from that. But the need for accommodation means when you realize something that you didn't know before and you have to correct the way that you're thinking. So if it's like this aha moment, it's like, oh, that's how that fits together. I could still remember in grade two when I was sitting or standing at the chalkboard and all of a sudden multiplication made sense to me in some way. I don't remember the details of the experience, but I remember it just fitting together and it's like, oh, that's how that works. And that can create an experience of awe for us. So when we learn something new, when there's a new revelation, and that I think ties in with the vastness. I think that they're connected. So when you see this vast universe or something bigger than yourself, you need to accommodate the fact, like, wow, I'm not as big as I thought I was. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. And no one does. And to actually have that sit down, mm-hmm. be humble. <laughs> yes, be humble, right? And I often think of, people think of humility as being less but I actually see humility as being honest, as being truthful. Because if you start to think of yourself as too small, then all of a sudden you're dishonest in another way. But we want to just think of yourself as the correct size, which is, in the universe, quite small. Mm -hmm. So if I feel small and I look at the vastness, what's the medicine in that? Hmm, That's a good question. They did this piece of research with people who were trying to create this experience of awe for them. So they had them go on a walk. And they told them, try to experience the kind of awe in what's around you. So they were going on these awe walks. So this is something you could try. If you're listening, you could kind of go on this walk and try to experience the awe around you. And what they found was that when people were doing this, they got smaller in the pictures that they took. So in the frame of the picture, they would make the trees bigger and the mountains bigger, and they would have themselves be smaller in the picture. So if you take a selfie and your face takes up the entire selfie, that would be the opposite of what these people were doing. They were kind of making themselves small in the picture. And as they made themselves small in the picture, they noticed that the people were smiling more in the pictures. They were happier. So we often think about increasing people's self-esteem by telling them how wonderful and important they are. But sometimes, I believe, we actually get happier when we realize how small we are and when we kind of appreciate what's going on around us. I feel that when I am in that state where I'm experiencing the beauty of nature and the largeness of it, Mm. I actually do feel bigger, but not because Mm. I'm self-important, but because I feel loved, important. I feel like all of the air and surroundings and the trees and the water and the beauty was something that was a gift Mm. to me so I enjoy it and I feel like I'm now being lavishly loved Mm -hmm. by that experience and so for me that's where awe Mm -hmm. comes from and I don't just have to be outdoors for that Mm -hmm. I don't just have to be in the mountains or by the water those are beautiful places Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be and they sure help You know, it's interesting to think of, do you want to be something, which is, I think, a North American attitude. I want to become something. I want to be something important, and I'll be happy if I am something big and important. Or do you want to be part of something that's important and big? And I think when we experience awe, it's a shift from being the important thing 
to being part of something that's important and that's special because if you're part of something that's amazing, part of nature, part of this world that's bigger than yourself, you are still important because you're part of it and it can be like a gift to you and it can feel special to be a part of it but it often takes the weight off. You can still be special because you're part of this bigger thing but you're not responsible for it all. You don't have to carry the weight of making sure that everything is functioning. If you're going to be big yourself, you have to carry that and maintain it. And it's scary if you lose it, and you can lose it, but if you're part of a bigger forest, if you're part of a bigger mountain, that's not going anywhere. And you can kind of relax and just be part of something bigger than yourself that's already great. Wow. The sense of responsibility sometimes can be a trap then, hey? Mm. Like you can feel overly responsible for your (laughs) existence or lack of feeling Mm -hmm. connected. Yeah. If you have to make yourself important, that's a very troubling task. To make yourself bigger can be overwhelming for people and to have to justify self-esteem and to find worth and have to say, well, I'm only worth something if I can do something or if I can become something. Well, then there's this huge responsibility and this potential for being worthless. And it's very high stakes. And we deal with this in therapy. When I'm talking to people as a psychologist, people come in, they're like, am I worth something? What have I done? rather than just I'm worth something because I'm a part of something that's worthwhile. And I think that takes a lot of that weight off and is a more stable place for people in order to experience good mental health. So creating stability Mm -hmm. within a sense of awe. Right. What does that look like? Well, you kind of tie it into purpose. Like, what's our purpose? Is it for us to be big or is it to be, again, part of something that's bigger? And what we find is that purpose works better when we're serving something greater than ourselves, when we have a relationship with something greater than ourselves. When you look at the Bible and what the Bible has to say about something like this, James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So if you draw near to something greater than yourself, if you serve something greater than yourself, you will have an experience of the divine. You will have this experience of awe in your life. And that is stability. If you can be tied in, anchored with something that is immovable, then you become immovable. Because your success isn't just dependent on your own abilities, it's now dependent on that greater thing. And so people experience stability in the connection with things that are stable. That is so precious. And I'm so thankful that we can talk about this and grounding people in truth. Let's take a break and we'll come back and discuss it a little bit more, how we can have some practical applications. Hey there, welcome back. We were just wanting to carry on to get to some practical applications for living day to day in isolation. And especially now we've got COVID isolation happening where this pandemic has caused people to not go out and be with people or even be in nature. So what can they do in their own private personal time? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a really good question. And it's so obvious right now as we go through forced confinement, so to speak, you know, when we're in these regulations of COVID-19. But there's a lot of people who live in isolation because of anxiety or because of other situations. I mean, I used to work in a prison where people were in solitary confinement and they would have to be obviously isolated all the time and indoors 23 hours a day. So this question was always there. And it's hard. It's hard when people are isolated. And I remember being in the prison and my job wasn't to create good mental health. My job was just to keep them alive. So when you're 
in these situations, not a lot is expected of your mental health. But I actually believe that if you're in isolation, you can actually be quite free. It looks different though, and you have to be disciplined about it, you have to work at it, but people can experience high levels of freedom and good mental health in extreme situations that would generally even be considered torture, like being in a Holocaust camp or something like that. People can experience the feeling of choice, they can experience the feeling of freedom, even in confinement and isolation. So what would be a practice of that? You know, there was this interesting study that was done on Christians, and what they had the Christians do was some of them were randomly selected to listen to lectures on the Bible, and I think it's in particular about the Gospel. So they were just listening to these lectures. And the other group was told to meditate on the Bible, meditate uh, using their senses to think about it and imagine it in detail, try to almost even smell it, you know, try to see it, and to meditate that same amount of time as the people who were listening to lectures. And what they found was that over time, the people who were doing the meditative prayer exercises were actually having these experiences of awe. They were experiencing the divine, which brings us back to that passage of draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As they went into this place where they were meditating on something greater than themselves, they felt that touch back from the divine and they had this experience of awe in that moment, even though they didn't leave their home. And so I do believe you can reach beyond the boundaries of wherever you are but you might have to do it a bit differently. And so why is God great? Specifically mentioning faith. What makes him greater to get mm. you out of your messes? I mean, the greatness of God is a huge, huge topic. You know, in the context of this, however, one of the things that would be particularly relevant would be, one, his vastness. Just a feeling of being small in the presence of this greater, larger, much, much more powerful being who has good for you, who is intending good for you, is stabilizing for people. The other one is, as you learn about God, the greatness of him is revealed over time. So I can't just tell you everything that's great about God. That's a journey. And as you have that, what you call revelation, not just knowledge, but kind of like, wow, that's real. As you learn those things, that would be that need for accommodation where your mindset would be changed and there'd be like, oh God, you're this way. You operate that, now I understand. So you get this feeling of awe from two things, at least we know about. One would be how great and grand and big he is, like looking up at the night sky. And then the other one would be like, wow, you are also amazing in your character. And as I learn more about that and how that works, I have that feeling of awe at your character and how you operate. And just that also feeling of being cared for. And I think that if we receive care for ourselves, that it is a way of recovering, helping. Isolation, when people are lonely, Mm. And either they're all alone or they just feel lonely, even in their relationship, because there's just a connection for them mm -hmm. that they need. We are made to have connection with things like a divine being. We can be connected. It doesn't have to be another human being sitting in front of you that you have a relationship with. Psychology talks about how we can have relationships with things that aren't human beings and you can have a relationship even with your car or your stuffed animal or even like a location like a city we have the ability to have this relationship we were you could argue we were made to have this relationship with something that you can't even necessarily see so yes like when you are connecting like so many of my clients who are feeling this vastness will often actually feel afraid 
they will feel paranoia, they will feel like there's something out there that's out to get them. So if you can connect, it's not just about connecting, it's connecting but then also realizing that there's a goodness, a character there that is interested in you and has this good for you. And if you can do both of those things, it's extremely stabilizing. Don't get me wrong, if it's vast and scary, that's not stabilizing. <laughs> if it's, but if it's vast and good for you, not always easy necessarily, but good and has a good intention towards you, that is stabilizing. I think that resistance is one of the things that keeps a person isolated alone in negative thinking and the resistance to receiving something good for themselves. Mm -hmm. Maybe cynicism has created an idea that it's not for them, they don't deserve it, it hasn't happened before, so why would it be any good now? It could be really challenging for people to believe that something is good and greater than themselves. And that can come from lots of places. One of the most common would be relationships early in your life. If you've had negative relationships early in your life, any authority figure will likely produce that feeling of, oh, no, and or trust. It's like I have to trust that something as good is going to happen where I had a relationship before where things that were promised, things that were supposed to be good, didn't happen. And if you have that previous experience, there can be a need to break down and adjust your expectations to believe that you're not a kid anymore. You know, you can experience good things and there are other realities other than your family of origin. And that some of those things can be good and that you can trust them. And that can be very difficult for people and scary because you have to trust and trust means opening up. And whenever you open up, there's a potential of being hurt. And so putting that trust, being vulnerable, can take a lot of time. And I think this is where that experience of awe can come in, when you kind of reach out and that divine God, you know, draws near to you. It can create that sense of fulfilling a need of connection, and it can build trust over time. I don't think it's going to happen in one, well, it can, I guess, happen quite quickly for people, actually. But you actually want to sustain that over a long period of time. And then what happens is you begin to trust and your personality actually begins to shift and you become a trusting person, you become more balanced. So the practical place is the practice of... Practice awe? Yeah, practice awe! Mm -hmm. I actually really like that. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I agree, I think that practicing awe would be a great way of looking at this because what you're doing is you're practicing your connection with God. And, I mean, you could think about this as developing a relationship and relationships are something that are supposed to be spent over time and create greater and greater reward over time. So if you are there and you're struggling and you're at home and you're isolated or if you're feeling anxious or depressed, you don't have to be alone even if you're alone in your apartment, in your house or wherever you are, you don't have to be alone. You can reach out, you can meditate on something greater than yourself, on God, and you can be connected again and over time that can heal a heart. Wow. Whoa, well, I really appreciate this. I am just so thankful that there is this kind of conversation in the world right now where people can hear the things we're saying to be able to be some answers, you know, and be some hope. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because even we can have a relationship with you. You're connecting with us over the radio or podcast or however you're connecting with us. And that can be a sense of connection to help you get through this. And you can feel that and it can be so much greater when you connect in a meditative sense. Like even connecting with a host on a radio show can be something that's real and helpful 
and can help people through events and experiences. And it can be so much greater than that when you actually reach out in a meditative way to a divine, to God. So I would really encourage you to do that even this week as you go forward to take some time to go on a walk. We're in Winnipeg here and it's cold and because of COVID all of the warm equipment and stuff and cold weather gear is all sold but you know you can still go out and it's really important to be able to do that to go out and have an awe walk to connect with something greater than yourself and if you don't go out and do that you can still even just be in your home and it doesn't take long it can just take five minutes ten minutes and you can connect with something greater than yourself Mm -hmm. be open Mm -hmm. to receive and practice awe well thank you cyrus i appreciate that we got to chat today Mm -hmm. well it was a lot of fun good stuff well that was an honor to get to spend that time with you appreciate you tuning in please check out more of dr cyrus at maplecrestchurch.ca and at drcyrusdirksen.com you are very welcome to come and join maplecrest church services 10 a.m sunday mornings at the park theater 698 Osborne Street in Winnipeg. We look forward to seeing you. Thanks again and tune in next time for Bridging the Gap. I'm Marianne Rose.